0: Welcome to Rocking Our Priors. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now let's talk about the East Asian miracle for women. So, if I make one contribution to the world of knowledge, let it be this. Societies vary in their preference for female seclusion, but regardless of culture, female employment rises with job-creating growth. Now... Singapore provides a perfect, natural experiment because we can observe how three different ethnic groups responded to industrialization. Mid-20th century Singapore comprised Chinese, Malays, and Indians. Overwhelmingly poor and patriarchal, families maintained respectability by keeping women close to the home. Female education and employment were uniformly low meagre earnings failed to compensate for the loss of male honour. Chinese, Malays, and Indians differed in their cultural preference for female seclusion, however. Honour was so important to Malays that housewives might pay 30% extra for groceries hawked near their homes rather than congregate at bustling markets. Only 6% of Malay women were in Singapore's labour force. Tamil Indians predominantly working class, were culturally similar. Only 7% of women were economically active. Chinese families differed, however, slightly keener to exploit female labour. Faced with the exact same economic opportunities, 22% of Chinese women are, what, in 1957. So in 1957, it's 22% of Chinese women, 6% of Malays, and 7% of Indians. So these are all pretty conservative societies. They're caught in what I call the patrilineal trap. But over the 1960s and 1970s, fertility fell and factories expanded. Labour was scarce. Industry was desperate. Singapore's deputy prime minister said, ''Work beside men. Time they put away the needlework.'' Rising wages provided hefty incentives. Even if men wanted housewives, this cultural preference was dwarfed by economic rewards. Female employment soared alongside structural transformation for Chinese, Malays, and Indians. By 1979, less than 20 years later, female employment for all groups had shot up to 42%. That is, for Indians, it had gone Within, within 20 years, from 7% to 42%. And these are the same working-class Tamil Indians. Right? That, that's in 19... In 1979, more Tamil Indians were working... Uh, more Tamil India, the, the proportion of Tamil Indians... The, the, sorry, my God. I can't even get it out. In 1979, the proportion of Tamil Indian women who were working was higher in Singapore than in India today. Now, Singapore thus shows how East Asia outpays South Asia on gender. Now, you may think, well, Singapore is just one tiny city, state Alice, what on, on, what on earth are you on about? Well, actually, it is a microcosm. It is a microcosm for the Asian gender divergence. In 1900, East and South Asian women were under the control of patrilineal, patrilocal clans. Each family restricted female mobility as they did not want their daughters to be seen as disreputable. East Asia overcame the patrilineal trap because it industrialised rapidly and families were willing to exploit female labour in response to new economic opportunities. By migrating to cities and working outside the family, women accrued face, freedom and friendships. South Asia's slower and weaker structural transformation has not changed the honour income trade-off as much. The economic returns to female employment remain low, while the costs to honour are high. Given endemic precarity, people remain economically dependent on kin. This perpetuates jetty on endogamy, social surveillance and burden. Female employment responds weakly to growth. Women remain secluded and separated, seldom challenging patriarchal providers. Now, many young, educated, and especially South Indian Tamil women want to break out of this patrilineal trap. Safety and structural transformation would enable them to realize those ambitions. Why am I so sure? Because that is precisely what happened in Singapore when Tamil Indians went to Singapore. Then they found jobs. It is jobs. It is jobs, jobs, jobs. Thanks to structural transformation, Singapore's female employment is high, as is the share of female CEOs, female board directors, and parliamentarians. There are just as many female parliamentarians in Singapore as there are in the United States. The gender pay gap is the same in Singapore as the United States. Now, feminist activism, public safety, and state capacity have been equally imperative to cultural transformation. Employment certainly is not enough. Chinese women work, but are suppressed by patriarchal authoritarianism. In an upcoming podcasts, I'll explain more. But for now, Let us just recognize one of the world's fastest ever transitions towards gender equality. That is the East Asian miracle for women. Okay, I hope you're all well and taking good care of yourselves. Thank you very much for listening.